<laughs> ah, that's it, that's it. Come in, come in out of the cold. Good evening. I am the Winter Warlock, and here on the shores of Lake Windigo in the far, far north, I am the keeper of stories. Stories old and new, tempting and terrifying. It's a living, what can I say? And it must be why you're here on the shore of this lake on such a cold and unforgiving night, since the fishing kind of sucks this time of year. Or are you one of those who's not what they seem? I seem like a lunatic. I'll just leave that lane there. You can figure it out on your own. I know a story about people who aren't what they seem, if you can call them people, that is. The story began a long time ago with a tape recorder. If you're under the age of 40, just look it up on Google. Meet Jeffrey, a middle-aged man with a pretty sweet life. His dear wife passed away decades ago, but they had a daughter together who turned out to have quite the head for business. Now, Jeffrey lives in a mansion, her mansion, where he has nothing to do all day but work on a book he's been writing for 20 years and obsess over a radio play he made with his daughter when she was only five. It was a story about aliens and betrayal and Christmas. So as you might have guessed, this is pretty messed up stuff. Pull up a stone and I'll tell you about it. Get away. No. Dad? Hmm? Are you about ready? Uh, what? I said, are you about ready? Oh my god, are you playing with that thing again? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I just wanted to see something. Dad. And is that your original four track? Uh, yeah. I, I found it in a box back there somewhere. That's the unit you made the show on, right? So? So? It's fragile and it's important. And besides, you know you can listen to that online. Of course. I put it there. Then why do you insist on playing the original tape? It's 30 years old. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, good one. I'm serious. <laughs> when they look back on the history of podcasting, they're going to look it up on the rooftops as a turning point. That's sweet, honey, but I really don't think... This it's... isn't just me, Dad. I've shown you the blogs... You've sat for at least three interviews. No, those were just kids. Kids with a million followers. And biggest of all today, Emilio Torres is adapting our show for the biggest streaming service in the world. Still think of it as our show? Of course I do. We made it together, didn't we? Well, you made it. We made it. As I recall, you read me the lines and I said them back into the mic like a parrot. Well, you're only five, and that method worked pretty well. My first professional acting job. I paid off in Captain Crunch. Hey, that was a big deal. We never got those sugar cereals. Yeah, we couldn't afford them. Well, we can now. You can now, you mean. You made your own clothes, you paid for your own college. I, Dad, don't... I barely kept food on the table. You were writing. I was writing for nothing. When I had a daughter, I should have been looking after. Everything you've become, you did yourself. You are a self-made woman. I had inspiration. And mom's brains. 
Ouch. But really, Dad, what's wrong? Dreams are back. Are you taking the medication? No. Dad. No. Why are you... The last time I took those damn pills, I sat reading the same paragraph over and over for an hour. But is it worth night terrors? They're not that bad. They're just, uh, disturbing. And the show? Is that related? I don't know. I I just, I wonder sometimes. We make a play about aliens, and then I start having dreams about aliens. I, I guess I was thinking there might be something on the tape. I don't know. Are the dreams more vivid now? No. Still cloudy. I get a glimpse of a face, ceiling of a room, feeling I'm being strapped down to something. None of that is on the tape. I know. I I just... (sighs) I know what this is about. You're punishing yourself. What? You're living in a very nice house, and your health and well-being are all taken care of. All thanks to you. And so you're being very Minnesota about the whole thing. Like you don't think you deserve it. Like you didn't create one of the most important shows that led to the podcast boom. You helped change the world, Dad. That's no small thing. I don't think I helped change the world. Well, there are more people that agree with me than agree with you including an Academy Award-winning director who is waiting to meet you. Oh, God. It's just a set visit. We'll go there, talk to Emilio, and stay in the background while they shoot a couple of scenes. It's no big deal. Oh, I I know. It's just I had some things that I wanted to get done around here. Dad? Dad. For me? (sighs) Damn it. Don't give me the eyes. What eyes, Daddy? Rebecca. I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> but if if you don't want to go... Fine. Fine. I'll go. Thank you, Dad. It's very nice of you. Very smart, you mean. You are, after all, my landlord. Damn straight. Yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Of course, uh, I'm fine. You're white as a sheet. Maybe this was a bad idea. No, 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 I'm fine. Don't worry about it. It's just, uh, it's just a lot. We'll say hello to Emilio, and then maybe just take off. I said I'm fine. There they are! See? See? He's already here. Let's, Let's just do this. Thank you so much for coming. I'm Emilio Torres. Oh, yeah. I know you, the famous director. You're too kind. Rebecca, so nice to see you again. Emilio, uh, we might need to cut this a little short. My father isn't feeling well. No, I, I'm fine. It's, it's an honor to meet you, and an honor to be invited today. The honor is mine. You know, when I first heard up on the rooftops, I was captivated. I was only ten, you see, still living in Mexico. My uncle came back from the States with a box full of cassettes and CDs, uh, mostly old radio shows, Lights Out, Escape, The Hermit's Cave. Oh, I love those old shows. Of course. They're classics. He knew I wanted to come to Hollywood, so he got me the tapes to help me learn English. He didn't expect the stories to have such an influence on me, but 
The classic shows seemed very distant to me, so old they were from another epoch. But up on the rooftops, that was special. When I saw that had been made just a year or so before, I knew I could make it in Hollywood, because I saw there were still people making my kinds of stories. We, we didn't exactly make that in Hollywood. To ten-year-old me, all of America was Hollywood. Point is, I owe you a great debt, because I was inspired by your work. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, I talk too much. It's a curse. Come, come. I want you to see the set. <clears throat> I've always been curious. Do you believe in alien abduction? Not uh, exactly. That's an intriguing answer. Well, sleep paralysis explains a lot. People in a half-waking state seen strange creatures in the corner of the bedroom. Centuries ago, it was a succubus. These days, an alien. That's one of the reasons we're not going to show the aliens in our adaptation. No. The unseen is always more frightening than the seen. Ah, here. The main set. What? How? You like it? It's, it's the trailer. It's our old double white, exactly the same. Your daughter provided us with some photographs and notes on earlier sketches of your home in Minnesota. I wanted it to be exactly correct. This is where you recorded the story, yes? What do you think, Dad? Dad? Uh, perfect. Spot on. Uh, Emilio, my father's very tired. He's not been well. Oh, I'm so sorry. Is there maybe some place we could... Yes, yes. I've, I've set up some chairs for you over by the video village. You can see and hear everything from there. Thank you so much. Uh, Dad? Thank you. The pleasure <laughs> is all mine. Please, ask any questions. Let me know if you need anything, all right? Of course. Thank you. Uh, and if you have any notes... Uh, be... That's <clears throat> very kind, but I'll, I'll just stay in the background. Thank you. No, thank you. Come on, Dad. Are you okay? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm just a little overwhelmed. Okay, okay, let's, let's just sit down. You don't look so good. I'm fine. Quit fussing. Is it the set? Was Emilio too much? No, no, everything's fine. Everyone obviously worked really hard to put all this together. You shouldn't make yourself sick just to be polite. We should go. I'm fine. Dad, you Becky, don't... Becky, I'm fine. Maybe just a little water. Of course. Uh, there's got to be a crafty table there. I'll be right back. Okay. All right, settle in, everyone. Lock it up, we're going from one. And... Action! No, but I know because I've been Santa since you were born. The dollhouse last year that was under the tree, I put it there. But that was when you had your old job, Dad? Right? Dad! Dad. Becky, Becky, are they making bread over there? What? Because I smell... Oh, God, I smell toast. Dad? Dad, um, help! Help me! Help someone, please! Medic, please, help! Cut it! Cut! Dad? 
Hmm. Why? Are you okay? Hospital. Yes. You had a stroke. Are you sure? I... I feel fine. Do you? Tired, but... Yeah. The doctor was very concerned. Do you remember what happened? <sighs> the movie, right? Yes. We visited... What's-his-name set? Do you remember his name? Emilio? Oh, thank God. Okay, you're gonna be okay. R Rebecca, I, uh... Let me call the doctor real quick, and... R Rebecca, can... Rebecca, please. Just a minute. What is it? I'm not sure this is right. What do you mean? I saw it. I saw it all clearly for the first time. Saw what? The dream. Only it wasn't a dream. It was, uh, like a memory, I guess? I don't understand. Just now, when I was asleep, I saw the nightmare completely. For the first time, it wasn't just flashes of faces and walls. It was, it was a whole scene. Uh, a, a memory played out like it was playback. I was in a room. Dad, maybe you it was, a, just... it was a metal room. Dark except for one light directly over my head. That one was bright. Too bright to look at directly. Uh, figures were moving in the shadows. And I could feel straps on my chest and my arms and my legs. Only it wasn't just the straps. Because I couldn't move at all. Not even my head. Like the straps immobilized my muscles somehow. I don't think it's a good idea for you to talk about this. You just woke up. Rebecca? What? I think it was real. What was? The invasion. The one we did the audio drama about back then. I, I don't think it was a story. The story exists. We've both heard it. I don't doubt there is a story. I just doubt which came first. I don't think I made it up. I don't think I dreamed it. You're dreaming it now. Am I? It seemed more like a memory. A memory trying to get out. Uh, besides, there's that other thing. What? Well, it's just a five-minute piece. Why is it so important? Why do people make such a big deal out of this? I mean, everyone's got a million movies to watch, even more podcasts. Why does this one thing keep coming up again and again? It's... Honestly, Rebecca, it's not that good. What do you think that means? I don't know. Maybe it resonates with people because we all went through it. We really were invaded and then we had our memories wiped. And our story, it's like the last memory of that past. Can you think of another reason why? Why people like alien abduction stories? Yeah. Human nature, maybe. You said it yourself. We had experiences of paralysis and little men in the shadows before we even knew what outer space was. It was also real. Dad, the, the doctor's gonna want to check you out. So real. I'm gonna call the nurse. Just rest now. Please? It has to be. Has to be. Yeah. I know. Just rest. After a few more moments, Rebecca succeeded in settling her father down. 
she called the doctor, who came and examined him, and informed her that the stroke didn't appear to leave any lasting damage. Then she slipped into the hallway, took out her cell phone, and made a call to a psychiatrist, whose number she had looked up some time ago. She left a brief voicemail, asking if someone could call her tomorrow to discuss the process for a committal. It made her sad to do this. Then, Rebecca drove home to her now empty mansion. She spent a few moments making notes in her father's room concerning what items he might want to have with him in the asylum, then set the security system and retired to her bedroom. There she slipped from her clothes, put everything carefully away in its place, then reached back behind her neck, found the small bump just to the left of her spine, and pressed it. She peeled away the pink, fleshy suit with its blonde hair and brilliant blue eyes, and hung it on the hanger to dry. Then she considered herself in the mirror, her shiny gray skin still sleek despite all the time she had to spend in that suit, and her eyes large and almond-shaped and black as the space between the stars stared back at her. She felt almost herself again, and not for the first time she thought about the aboriginal beings of this planet and how endearing they seemed to be how she had formed emotional attachments to many of them, especially the one that lay in a hospital bed across town. And as she contemplated these things, Rebecca realized it was time to put some distance between herself and this silly blue marble floating in space. Then Rebecca went down to the basement to a room only she had a key to, unlocked it, went inside, and enjoyed her usual dinner of two live pigs. And back in the hospital, Jeffrey slept a dreamless sleep that was very near a coma. So full was he of a cocktail of narcotics delivered to him by a nurse that no one will remember seeing. When he awoke, the man he was was gone forever. A delayed effect of the stroke, the doctors think. There is nothing of Jeffrey left, so far as we know. <laughs> Charming, isn't it? To think which stories might be real and which might remain just story. Stories about men in red suits handing out presents, for example. Whatever the case, your time with the Winter Warlock has come to an end. You may return to your own world now, but be sure to mind the lake shore. The drop-off is steep, and you wouldn't want to fall through the ice this time of year. Catch your death. <laughs> Until next time, wrap yourselves up tight, children. It's cold outside. <laughs>
This has been Return to the Rooftops, presented by the Winter Warlock for the award-winning Frozen Frights podcast. Our play this evening featured Jeffrey Adams as Jeffrey and the Warlock, Rachel Molasic played Rebecca, and Justin Kapla was Emilio. The script was written and directed by Jeffrey Adams, who also did post-production on this episode. Some sound effects presented by the Freesound Project at freesound.org. This program from the Icebox Radio Theater is made possible in part by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For more information, visit iceboxradio.org. And now, as a special holiday treat, we present the predecessor to tonight's feature. Here is Up on the Rooftops, produced in 2002 for the audio web series Imagination X, and starring Jeff and Rachel. This feature won the 2003 Silver Ogle Award for Best Horror Audio of the Year. It's up on the roof. Daddy, please! A midwinter's evening. A house like any other. They can't get in here. The windows are boarded. The doors are locked. Daddy, please. Sweetie, not now. This is very, very serious. But you have to let him in. Santa Claus is here. It's not Santa. Why? Because it isn't. But, Dad, it's Christmas Eve. Two people, a family, entered this day in expectation even if their house was kept cold and their clothes were last years. The tree was lit, the turkey was roasting, and Santa Claus was coming to town. But then... There it is! Daddy, don't! Get off of my house! He came. The story is... Up on the rooftops. Imagination... X. Daddy, don't shoot Santa. Don't ever bump my arm like that. It's dangerous. But you are going to shoot Santa. Listen, I I don't have time for this right now. Go to your room. No, I want to stay here with you. Then keep quiet. Oh, honey, I need you to be a big girl. I I don't think it's Santa up on the roof. I I think it's some bad men trying to get into the house. No, it's Santa. Honey, please. It, if it was Badman, they they just break through the windows, Daddy. Santa's on the roof. Stupid phone's still out. Don't be afraid, Dad. You've been good this year. Why would the phone be out? Well, they must have cut the wires. Daddy! Honey, try and understand. I told you all about Santa Claus, but... None of it was true. It's it's just a story. Then why did you tell me it was true? I don't know. I do, Daddy. You just don't believe anymore. Honey, Santa Claus Didn't is... he come when you were a little boy? That was Grandpa. Did you ever see him? We can't talk right now. We don't have time. You never saw him, did you? No, but I know because I've been Santa since you were born. The dollhouse last year that was under the tree... I put it there. But that was when you had your old job, right? They're close to the chimney. Daddy, you said we weren't going to have much of a Christmas because you lost your job. Maybe that's when Santa comes, when you can't get presents any other way. 
What are they doing? If it was robbers like you say, they wouldn't come down the chimney. They wouldn't fit. Well, maybe I... Daddy, just put down your gun, please. I... I... Stand back. Only if you put down your gun. All right, all right. I, I'm putting it down. Here he comes, Daddy. Here he comes. Just stand back. Go and see. Go and see him. Hello? Hello? I'm sorry, Daddy. They come from far, far away. And they said this would be the easiest way for them to live here. Get away! Don't be silly. They contacted us first. Me and Beckett and all the kids in the neighborhood. They said if we helped them, they wouldn't hurt you too much. And we could have anything we wanted. Anything we wanted for Christmas. Please, please. I'm sorry, Daddy. What are they doing? They said this wouldn't hurt. And when it's all over, you'll be all fixed. And we can have a Christmas dinner just like always. Daddy, he says it would be better if I left the room now. I'll see you in a little bit. Oh, don't leave me. Don't leave me, please. please. A little house on a midwinter's eve, just like all the others. The Girl Was Played by Rachel Adams. Music by Brian Elsner. This is Jeffrey Adams. Imagination X.